How's everybody doing tonight? Good? I hope so. Um, It's a short message. You'll be out of here by 10 minutes, I think. I think I said that last week. I went like 30. Logan was like, yeah, you said short, but like still, but it's uh, it's good. God is good. And so, Lord, we thank you for tonight, Lord, and we thank you for all that you're doing here at Calvary, not just here, but individually, like within us, in our own personal lives, Lord. And we know that even when it doesn't look good, you're still growing us and shaping us and molding us. And, uh, and, and, and in that, Lord, we trust you. We trust you even when it doesn't look all right. We trust you when it's not the way we want it to be because you love us and you know what we need and not what we want, Lord. And so we give ourselves to you tonight, every day, not just tonight. And so we pray, Lord, that your word would speak to us. As we dive in uh, this evening, we pray that your spirit would open our ears and our eyes. Maybe there's something in this scripture that I did not cover, Lord, but but I pray that it would speak to someone um, in a very unique and powerful way. And so we love you and we thank you for your word that gives life, that encourage us, encourages us and, and corrects us and teaches us, Lord God, and puts us on the path to life. So we love you and we praise you. I thank you for every person here. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we're going to continue going through the gospel tonight. Uh, well, we're going to be going through the gospel every Wednesday, but that's what we've been doing. If you haven't been here, we've been going through the gospel. Um, We've been jumping around the text because that's how it is. To follow Jesus chronologically, it's going to go through all four of the different gospel accounts. Tonight, we're going to be in Mark chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, there's Bibles on the back. If you need a Bible, everybody got their Bibles? Sweet. We're going to be in Mark chapter 4, and we're actually going to be starting in verse 35. I'm going to read this through, and then we're going to read it through again. Amen when you're there. Amen? Amen. It says this, On that day, when evening came, he said to them, Let us go over to the other side. Verse 36, Leaving the crowd, they took him, Jesus, along with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Verse 38, Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, some versions say peace, hush, be still, and the wind died, and it became perfectly calm, and he said to them, why are you afraid, do you still have no faith, 41, they became very much afraid, and said to one another, who then is this, that even the wind and the seas obey him, Lord, thank you for your word, again, we pray you speak to us tonight, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So back in 2018, I came here, um, for, actually I came back here to the ministry of U-Turn for Christ. 
That's the first time I got here. Now, it was somewhere during that time uh, where this island, I, I, I'm sure if you guys lived here uh, long enough, it was during that time where this island caught cracks from a thunderstorm. Does, does anybody remember? I think it was only a two-day thunderstorm, right? Caught cracks. Like the ranch was flooded like this high. The road was flooded. There, we didn't go anywhere for a little while. And when it was all over, it wasn't over. Like the storm was so bad and it rained so hard that Kauai became like its own swimming pool. Like if you guys go on Google, you can see like Hanalei was all underwater. Anybody know Bill Mari? Yeah, so he has buffaloes. His, bu his buffaloes were swept out to the bay. Like that's how bad the flood was. I think they found one in Bank of Hawaii, right? That's how rich he is, yeah? They got bank, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> reporters say that the damages, um, the damages from this flood were so bad that they haven't seen anything like it since Hurricane Iniki, since 1992. I wasn't in her Hurricane Iniki. I'm born in 93, but I've seen pictures. And so just hearing this and kind of seeing this, I want you all to know, I think we are reminded of kind of the sheer power of nature itself, right? Like, it's really not something that you and I have to be convinced of. I don't have to persuade you. You feel an earthquake, you're kind of quick to grab something, right? Or you hear thunder, like, oh, that was loud. Like, oh, that was really close. <laughs> My wife does that all the time. Why? Because nature is beyond us. It is. And it's not just because you get scared easily, it's because it's out of your control. Now, I've heard people teach on this passage many times. I'm taking a different approach. I've heard peop many people teach on this passage and uh, that this passage is about you. It it's about you and it's about your problems and, and he can, and if he can, right, calm the storms of the sea, he can calm the storms of your life. Now, there is some truth in that, but that's not the main point. Like, there is some truth in that, but that's not the main point. It's so easy, I think, for anyone to read the story or the Bible in general and make the passage only center around them. And God is this person in the back, kind of just floating around. Like, he's the person in the background. And so I love you so much, enough to say this, but we're not the main point. Like, you're not the main point, and that's a good thing. Like, that is a good thing. I love you. And I know that, that kind of jostles our spirits now in 2023, but Jesus knows the more it's about you and the more and, and what you want, the more miserable you be when it's not about you and what you wanted. I'm going to say that again. Jesus knows the more it's about you and about what you want, the more miserable you be when it's not about you and what you wanted. I'm not, not making this kind of stuff up. This is why he says things like, he who finds his life will lose it. Right? And he who loses his life for my name's sake will find it. That's not only for salvation, that's for discipleship. That's not just entering into the kingdom, that's walking in the kingdom. And that is ultimately for your joy and his glory. And yet we have been taught that the more control we have, the more restful and peaceful life is. But it's quite the opposite. Why? Why? because there's too much you don't know. 
There's too much I don't know. And there's too much that I don't control. At any moment, there could be another flood. Any moment. At any moment, we could start feeling some kind of pain. At any moment, the Lord can be calling somebody home. And the more we think that we control anything, the minute things become out of control, this is when fear starts to kick in. And he brings his friends anxiety and anger. And I believe this is what the disciples are feeling tonight. Now, this story takes place in the evening. Jesus and his disciples had a full day of ministry, but it wasn't over. They're tired. I'm tired. But there's more people to see and more souls to be saved. There's more teachings to be given and lessons to be taught, including to his disciples. The ones who've been with him all this time, walking with him, talking with him. And it just goes to show that the level of discipleship and the maturing of your faith cannot be exhausted on this side of heaven. No way. You're going to keep growing. Never. As long as you're here, Jesus, because he loves you, will continue to draw him or you into himself, continue to draw you into the life in his kingdom. And this is not always an easy thing. Well, some days, not all days, <laughs> definitely not days like this. So we're going to pick this back up in verse 35. It's a very short text, and we're just going to pick out a couple points and applications, and then you'll be on your way. Amen? says this, on that day, right, so the same day, he's been doing ministry, he just got finished teaching the parables, on that day, when evening came, Jesus said to them, let us go over to the other side. Verse 36 says, then leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. So this venture, or this excursion, must have started off with glassy conditions. Had to. Jesus had expert fishermen in his crew, right? Their career and profession was fishing. Like this is the original salty crew. Like born in the water, right? And so if they even had a whiff of a storm coming, I'm sure they would have advised Jesus otherwise. I would have. You wouldn't have? <laughs> Come on. I would have told Jesus otherwise. And if Jesus told them what would happen from the beginning to the end, you think that they would have ever took off? No way. You think that they would have ever set sail? Because the will of God wasn't just for them to get to the other side. That's how we read it. We already know that. He's getting them there. That's the promise. We're going to the other side. But do we also see that God's will was for them to be in this storm? And so how often does your Christian life play out the way you expected it? Be honest. How often does it play out the way you expected it to be? Like how often do I think that this is the way it's supposed to be, this is the way it should have played out, and yet life always takes this weird turn? Do you see that God's will was for them to be in a situation where they have no control? 
none. This isn't saying for you to let go and let God. That's not biblical. We don't neglect our responsibilities. I don't know who came up with that. You don't let, just let go and let God. You just, right? This is simply saying you and I are not God. That's not a role we have to play. And Jesus loves his disciples rightly by showing them that they're the ones driving. He's sleeping. Like Jesus loves his disciples rightly by showing them that this storm was never meant to be handled but to humble. And how situations like this can expose those areas in our hearts that maybe we haven't given over. And so let's read verse 38 to 41. It says, Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And so here we go. This is not, dear Lord, I trust you. I love you, but we're in trouble. And so we need your help. Like, that is not this. This is, it's time to get up. This is, it's time to get up. What do you think you're doing? That's what this is. Do you even care that this is happening? Why is this even happening? Do you even care what's going on? Like, can't you see that we're about to die? Like, do you hear the language? This is not, I trust you and I wait for you, Lord. This is, do you even know what you're doing? Because if you did, we wouldn't be in this situation right now. And the answer is, of course he knows what he's doing. <laughs> of course Jesus knows what, you're, what he's doing. Of course he cares, but not the way you and I think. And so Jesus gets up and rebukes the storm that would have taken them out. Verse 39, and he got up and he rebuked, and he rebuked the wind and, the, and said to the sea, hush. I know some version says peace, but it is like silence, kind of like be calm, almost like quiet, right? So hush, be still, and the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. Verse 40 says this, and he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? And oftentimes this message is taught for us, for you and I, to believe in God and he too can calm the storms of your life. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I love that. And that's usually the application, but in verse 40, after rebuking the wind and the sea, he turns to his disciples, and what does he do? He corrects them as well. And so I hope we see that the real danger wasn't in the storm, the real danger was in the disciples' unbelief. See, Jesus cared more about their souls than their present comfort. Right? He says things like, what would it profit you to gain the whole world and then lose your own soul? And I believe the Lord put my wife and I into situations where we had no choice but to cry out. I would love to dive into that, but that'll just, I don't like diving into that. 
Like there was no more medicine, there was no more doctors, there were no more options. And I, I love what Abilin says about this. He says, you'll never learn to trust God until you have to. Like you'll never learn to trust God until you have to. My wife said this today, I believe the Lord sends storms into our lives to strengthen our belief. And I believe that the Lord uh, sends storms into our lives to secure our belief. It's a short message, and if we can walk away with the main point tonight, and the main point being Jesus, I think we should have the same revelation that the disciples had. Amen? Because what his disciples rolled away with was not only more faith. See, they rolled away with the right view of God. See, they feared the storm more than they feared the Lord. They knew he had power over sickness and disease. He had authority over demons and unclean spirits. But this day, this day, they realized he was Lord over all of creation. That's what's the revelation. That's the main point. That nothing was out of his control. And that's your life today too. In verse 38, the disciples questioned Jesus. They said, teacher, teacher, don't you see that we're perishing? Like, do you even care? And for those of us maybe going through something now, oftentimes I know that our situations can seem a little bit harsh. I know that. Or we might not always understand why, but this word perish is used in John 3.16, the same word. That whoever believes in him will not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus knew the lesson of putting their faith in him was more serious than drowning underwater. That serious. I might be reaching, Austin can tell me later, or Pastor Steve. I might be reaching, but this is the main point. Jesus defeated the only storm in this life that could ever take us out, and that is the storm of sin and death. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you so much, Lord. There are so much different applications for this, God, and whatever storms that we may be going through, we are assured, Lord, God, that you are Lord over it all, that you are in control, and more than anything, that you're with us through the storms. And, and Father, so help us to see rightly what it is you're trying to teach us during this time. Maybe it's surrendering more over to you, or maybe it's just learning a simple lesson, Lord. And so, Father, I thank you for every heart and every soul within this building, Lord. I thank you for even the kids outside, Lord God. I pray that you would bless every man and women here tonight with a word of encouragement, and maybe they seen something in this text, Lord, that I did not see or I did not cover. And so, Father, help us to rightly relate to you tonight that you're God and I'm not. Help us to know that you love us and that you care for us, Lord, more than our present comfort, but you want our hearts and you want our soul wholly devoted to you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to see that and count the cost of what it means to follow you as a disciple. 
And so I pray as we leave tonight, Lord, for the time of fellowship after. Lord, if we need prayer, Lord, I pray that people would come up and ask for prayer. And I thank you for every person in this room tonight, Lord. Bless them. It's in your beautiful name we pray. Amen.